start us off and let me know how this study session went for you. I mean, it was really interesting because it's, and we talked about this before, just before we started recording, but uh, this is the most I've studied for a podcast, but like the least prepared I feel for it. And I don't know if that's because um, you, you have more to share or where we're going to share some more as we go along. But um, the first thing that I wanted to talk about was Second Nephi 32. And like, this is interesting because we've been talking about Second Nephi 32, I think maybe every single podcast so far. And we, we, keep, we keep coming back to these scriptures and and I was actually during our last episode when I was like, hey, I think we want to, I think I want to talk about prayer um, was because of this scripture that we had read. So for just for context, in 31, Nephi's talking about like, hey, this is baptism and this is the way and, and, he, and, he, show, and he prophesies of Christ being baptized. And he's like, hey, this is, this is the pattern and this is the way and this is, and this is what you all need to do. And then in 2 Nephi 32, 1 through 5 is where I'm going to first start off with it. And, and it says, and now behold, my beloved brethren. I suppose that you ponder somewhat in your hearts concerning that which you should do after you're entered in by the way, um, which is baptism. And which is cool because I was like, in a couple episodes ago, I was like, I'm not sure what this is the way. I'm pretty sure it's baptism, but it's absolutely 100% baptism. Um, behold, why do you ponder these things in your heart? Do you not remember that I said unto you that after you received the Holy Ghost, you could speak with the tongue of angels? And now how could you speak with the tongue of angels, save it were by the Holy Ghost. Angels speak by the power of the Holy Ghost, wherefore they speak the words of Christ. Wherefore I said unto you, feast upon the words of Christ, for behold, the words of Christ shall tell you all things that you should do. And we've we've talked about that several times, where it's one of the the big roles of the Holy Ghost is to to teach us and to show us, hey, this is what Heavenly Father or or Christ or whoever would do in this situation, and you grow from it. And this is, so there's like the theoretical aspect of that. I was like, okay, that's really nice. Like, I, I, I want to act like Heavenly Father or Christ would in that moment. But I think the conversation we're about to have today is, but this is how you do it type of thing. And I'm really excited. Uh, wherefore, and this is for, now after I have spoken these words, if you cannot understand them, and that is because you ask not, neither do ye knock. Wherefore, ye are not brought into the light, but must perish in the dark. For behold, again, I say unto you, that if you will enter in by the way, and receive the Holy Ghost, it will show unto you all the things that you should do. And so he, and he finishes that off. And he's like, and then the next verse, he's like, I'm not going to talk about this anymore. Go figure it out. And then in verse eight, so two verses later, he's like, and not my beloved brother, and I perceive that you ponder still. This is the third time we're talking about this. Still in your hearts, and it grieveth me that I must speak concerning this thing. For if you would hearken unto the Spirit, which teacheth a man to pray, you should know that a he must pray for the evil spirit teacheth the man not to pray, but teacheth him that he must not pray. But behold, I say unto you that you must pray always and not faint, and that ye must not perform anything unto the Lord, save it be in the first place he shall pray unto the Father in the name of Christ, that he will consecrate thy performance unto thee, and that the thy performance may be the by for the welfare of thy soul. So it's just there's a lot right there, so much like a lot. So the first thing is, is he's like, hey, the answer to this, the, the, the question that you have and the question he's been answering is, what do we do now? We've, we've been baptized. We, we've taken on the name of Christ. We've get, received the gift of the Holy Ghost. We've had a remission for our sins. What's the next step? How do we keep going forward? And I think a lot of people in the church, and I think particularly in my life, I do this sometimes, where I coast, where I'm like, hey, I've been to the temple. I've been on a mission. I read my scriptures every day. I'm good. I'm enduring to the end right now. I'm doing it, baby. And so it's like, but, like, but what, this, what he's saying is, is that you guys are still wondering how to do this. And the answer to that is you pray. And that's interesting to me is that he's like, I, this is the third time, guys. And I keep telling you to do this if you're not getting it. And so here's the answer really clearly. 
if you would hearken unto the spirit, which teacheth a man to pray that you, so that's, that's kind of my first point that I wanted to talk about. And then kind of the points I want to talk about later is pray always. What does that mean? And then pray unto the father in the name of Christ and stuff like that. And he will consecrate thy performance unto thee. And so later on, we, we've only really talked about baptism so far in, in the list of covenants that we make, but the law of consecration is, is a covenant that we make later. And so it's, but I've always thought of cons, like, like, I'm consecrating, I'm living the law of consecration by like giving things that I have. And so it's an interesting way that he phrases that is that he will consecrate thy performance unto thee and thy performance may be the welfare of thy soul. And so those are the three things that I wanted to go over today. Yeah. Tons of thoughts on chapter 32 here. So the big, the first big thing that I got when I was studying is this part where, um, this part that we are supposed to pray by the power of the Holy Ghost. That's what I think he's talking about in the verse two and three, where he says, after you had received the Holy Ghost, you could speak with the tongue of angels. Angels speak by the power of the Holy Ghost. Okay. So we, after we receive the Holy Ghost, we are supposed to speak with the tongue of angels and they speak by the power of the Holy Ghost. So we should be speaking by the power of the Holy Ghost or praying by the power of the Holy Ghost. And I thought it was interesting how the Holy Ghost is the power that God uses to communicate with us. And it's also the power that we need to be using to communicate back to him. And I'm like, whoa, isn't it crazy that I've been saying all these prayers and I, I go back to my analogy about how the Holy Ghost is kind of like the phone. I've been saying these prayers and I didn't even pick up the phone and I, (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to talk and I haven't even picked up my phone and dialed the number. Well, you have, but you just didn't know that you were using a phone. Right. Yeah. So it's just interesting. I wonder how many prayers I've said where I didn't even, like the phone wasn't even in the room when I said it. Yeah. Well, and it's also, I'm sure you're going to go on, but I've, I've thought about that a lot is that, and, and this is, this is a conversation for another day, but like a lot of scriptures talk about that you should only pray for things that God would have you pray for. And the only way that we can know that is by the power of the Holy Ghost. And so it's like, when I pray, should I be praying with inspiration, only acting on, like only praying for things that I'm like prompted to pray for? I don't know. It's just different thoughts, but yeah, continue. Yeah. It's so, it's so difficult because all those questions are valid and I have answers to none of them, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, The other stuff, let's see what's in here. Cause it's like every, everything that I learned, um, I learned in other places, but it's all here. Yeah. The only other comment that I have on this chapter is I love how almost mockingly simple the last two verses are, where he's like, it grieveth me that I might speak concerning these things, but he talks about the spirit teaches a man to pray. So if you have the spirit, you know that you will pray and the evil spirit doesn't teach you how to pray and he teaches you not to pray. (laughs) So it's just so funny how it's like. If you're not praying or if you have these thoughts about not praying and not wanting to pray and that prayer is bad, those are evil thoughts. Those are, that's the evil spirit teaching you those things. It's just so funny how he's like, I'm trying to finish this writing to you people, um, which is us. Like when, when you look at the the surrounding chapters, I was trying to look because Alma's always talking to a group of people in his time. Maybe not always, but a lot of his writings is towards it's a record of like a sermon or something in the game. Right. Yeah. Um, but these chapters, so I was looking for that. Like, who is he talking to here? And I was I was surprised to find out that it's literally me that he's talking to. 
that it's it's us in our time and our people and he's just like you can feel it in his writing that he's so fed up with like <laughs> you like I want to stop writing. I feel like I've I've written enough. I've been simple enough, but the spirit keeps pushing me to write more because you guys need more. Yep. Which I feel like he's talking to me because I wouldn't have gotten that unless he said that at the end where I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What's the way? I don't get it. And he's like, it's prayer. Stupid prayer. And I'm like, okay, yeah, no, I get it now. And so like, I feel like I'm one of those people who really needed that verse eight and nine because I I wouldn't have gotten it without those verses. Oh yeah, for sure. Nephi's amazing. I love Nephi. And it, it, and he's just, he's he's very simple and it's very clear. And I feel like 31, 32 and 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 33 are like the foundation of a lot of stuff he's so poignant and he's so clear and he's so like this is this is it this is the whole this is the whole game i'm teaching you right here but yeah and so he's so the foundation of this conversation is we've been baptized we've taken ourselves upon ourselves the name of christ all these things that we've talked about before sons of christ the holy ghost and he's saying okay what do you do now and it's pray and so I guess kind of the first thing that I that I wanted to bring up is like, what does that mean to you? How does that work for you or, or kind of your thoughts on what is prayer? Yeah. What is what is prayer? Like, what does that mean in your day to day? And how, how does that how is that like how we continue on? I think if somebody off the street asked me, what do I think prayer is? I would say that it's communication with God is is how I would define it. And then there's so many layers underneath that that you just have to get precept upon precept. And so. That's what I would say prayer is to me, though, is communication with God. Um, But if I'm talking to another member of of our church, I would add maybe the line that it's communication with God so that we may more accurately do his will. Yeah, I think think you're 100% right. I think it's, I'm trying to find that scripture. It's in Mosiah. Oh, Mosiah 5.13. And so this is kind of just like thoughts to what you were just saying with like the what prayer is, 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 is knowing God's will. The scriptures say that a lot, like that, that you will know Christ. Like we talked about that in, in the charity episode is that at the end, one of the things that he promises is that you would know Christ at the last day. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? And so this kind of answered it for me is Mosiah 5.13 for how knoweth the man, the master whom he has not served and who was a stranger unto him and is far from the thoughts and the intents of his heart. I think you're 100% correct. I think there's several versions of prayer. I think there's several benefits of prayer. I think there's there's an aspect of the atonement that we pray for forgiveness of our sins, and that's that's one of the steps in repentance. I think there's there's prayer for revelation. I think there's prayer for kind of like you're just talking to heavenly Father and you're and you're working through your thoughts and your feelings of the day. And I think there's also prayer, and I think this is what Nephi is talking about with the pray, pray always, is a prayer that we're, we're in communication with Heavenly Father, and he's telling us what we, we should do so that we can be that servant who knows his master. I'm glad you brought up that scripture because I actually read it, and it impacted me a lot, but I didn't think that it fit quite perfectly. But I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because it really did hit me really hard because I thought, it's so like in your face. How can you know Jesus if you haven't served him? It's like, wow, how can you serve him unless he gives you instructions on how to and you follow those instructions? In the context of prayer, we know him because we talk to him on a, on a daily basis. That's 
that's why we know him and that's why we can say when he when he calls we come because we know his voice and specifically from what this verse is for how knoweth a man the master whom he has not served so it's we're doing those actions it's the and we we keep talking about this and that's what's so cool about this is is the you have that thought you have that impression go help your neighbor go help this person in the action of doing that you're serving christ because you're acting in his in his stead in his will and you know him because you're being like him so we know his voice and we know what he would do and we've become him because we do what he would do and we served him. And so, yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with you. And then, and then going back to 2 Nephi 32. So that, that was kind of the first part is like, okay, what is prayer? What does prayer mean for us? And what does prayer mean in this context of that straight and narrow way and continuing on that Nephi is talking about? And then, there, and then he says in verse 9, But behold, I say unto you that you must pray always and not faint. And then it's like done that you must not perform anything unto the Lord, save it in, in the place that you shall pray unto the father in the name of Christ. So it's like, okay, whoa, pray always has kind of been a sticky one for me for a really long time on, on my mission. My first mission president was like, okay, pray always. I was always a shtick, like pray always. And you guys will figure it out. And I was like, what does that mean? Like, am I literally praying like every moment of the day? Am I supposed to have this constant communication? If I'm not having this constant communication, like, because Nephi says it right here. It's like, pray always. Like, don't stop. And I'm like, how? Like, I, there's a lot going on in my day. And I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't focus on two things at the same same time. So I guess my question is, is, what does that mean to you? I'm super interested to hear what you have to say about it. But my understanding right now about praying always is, and and you said this already, so maybe it it doesn't have much meaning behind it, but is to keep that line of communication open. So, and always be listening for it. So you're not necessarily like talking constantly to God, but if he says something, you're there and you pick up you pick up the phone right away and you listen to what he has to say and then you do it. You do it so that when the next call comes, you're ready for it. That's what praying always is for me. I think you're right. And I and and the reason I'm at because I am about to pull up a, a thing from Elder Bednar, but he he talks about it more of like a general way, which I was like this is really interesting, but like what you're saying right there is is also really true, and he doesn't really go over that. Is is that that willingness to be to be talked to? So this is October 2008 General Conference Pray Always by Elder Bednar. Um, How many times has that happened to you where you have this question and then you find a talk where the question is literally the title of the talk? Yeah, no, it's crazy. <laughs> well, the talks that I'm bringing up today, I've 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 l- listened to several times and I've thought about a lot. But it's 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 the sole precept upon precept thing. It's like it didn't it didn't mean anything to me until literally two days ago, where I was like, this is this is really nice. And there was other parts of the talk that I was like, okay, this is really good, and there's a lot of meat here. But like with Elder Maxwell's talk and and, and Elder Bednar, this was the first time I was like, I get it. And it's always like incredible for me with the apostles is that they get this, you know what I mean? They understand this, and they're like, hey, and they talk about it all the time, like. I guarantee you in this next uh, general conference, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, they've been talking about the things we've been talking about, like every single talk. And I've completely missed it. I have that moment like all the time, whatever. So I'm like, oh my gosh, why don't I just, how do I not get it? I don't know. But it's precept upon precept. You're like, you, you get what you're ready for. And I feel like I, I have a lot ahead of me because I'm always behind. Um, so this is pray always. So during the course of the day, we keep preparing our heart. For continued assistance and guidance, even as Alma suggested, let us all, th- all let all our thoughts be directed unto the, unto the Lord. And I think that's what you were talking about 
I think I think that covers the pray always kind of a bit with like our our thoughts always directed to the Lord and then always being open for that for that uh revelation. We notice during this particular day that there are occasions where normally we would have a tendency to speak harshly and we do not or we might be in, inclined to anger but we are not. We discern heavenly help and strength and humbly recognize answers to our prayers even the, in the moment of recognition we offer a silent prayer of gratitude. So I think what he's saying there is like, this is like a pattern of like, okay, we, we recognize I would have gotten into an argument. I didn't get into an argument. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for not having me get into this argument. At the end of the day, we kneel again. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed a part before this. So before this, he's like, okay, this is what morning prayer looks like. Reflect on what your day is going to be. Pray for help. Pray, pray for the people that you love. Pray for the people that you hate. All these different things. So that's morning prayer. And then he talks about the day-to-day recognizing and have your thoughts directed towards Heavenly Father. I'm just continuing on. At the end of the day, we kneel again and report back to heaven, to our Father. We review the events of the day and express heartful thanks for the blessings we receive and repent. And we repent. With the assistance of the Spirit of the Lord, identify ways that we can become better tomorrow. I think prayer is like a, is like a muscle. I think revelation is like a muscle where it, it takes genuine practice and effort and, and thought and, and time and a couple years ago, what I did, several years ago now, is I was like, I need to get better at prayer. And so what I did, I was like, if, if I were to like exercise or work out, you, you would you would come up with a plan. And, and you would say, okay, I'm going to, if I want my biceps to be bigger, I need to do these exercises and I need to eat this this food and stuff like that. And so what I did was I found myself, and this, this was a while ago, it was like before my mission. And then during my mission that I've done it again since then, I would have like a prayer journal. And, and the goal was... Is I'm gonna I'm gonna kneel down and I'm gonna pray and I need to recognize Heavenly Father's voice from my voice, and so I would sit there and I would pray and then I would look for that and, and I think that's what he's talking about right here is that with the assistance of the Spirit identify ways that we can become better tomorrow with the assistance of the Spirit, and I think that takes practice so that you have to like go in and 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 identify that and you have to you have to be able to tune out everything else so that you can focus on that that voice that the Spirit has. Identify ways that we can become better tomorrow. Thus, over evening prayer builds upon and is a continuation of our morning prayer. And our evening prayer is also a preparation for meaningful morning prayers. Morning and evening prayers and all these prayers in between are not unrelated events. Rather, they are linked together each day across the days, weeks, months, and even years. This is is in part how we fulfill the, the spiritual admonition to pray always. Such meaningful prayers are instrumental in obtaining the highest blessings of God holds in store for his faithful children. And I don't know why I didn't get that. But like, that's what pray always means. And it's just like what they've been saying, they being like the apostles and our teachers and our parents for our entire life is morning prayer, evening prayer, and then do the will of God in between. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Do you have the, do you have the talk pulled up? I don't right now, but I did read it, but... I did really like that he combined what I was learning about praying always with what I had already learned about praying always. Like praying always is also kneeling down and saying your prayers. So you can't just be like, oh, I pray always. So I I don't need to kneel when I pray because I'm always praying. It's like, no, you, you probably need to do those too. Like that's definitely part of it. I really like that part about it. I, I also like that there's like a more of a purpose to our evening and morning prayers. Like it's, it's, it's more than just like, Hey, thanks for the night. I woke up. 
I'll see you later type of thing. Or like, I do really well with my evening prayers, I feel like, but my morning prayers are garbage. Like I wake up and I'm tired. I'm just like, okay, here I go. But like, it's, it's like that foundation of your day. Like, Hey, these are the things I'm working on. Help me to get better. And it's like, and it's easy to say, but it's hard to do for me at least. Like it's, I'll do it for like a week or a month or something. I'll be like, wow, this is really, well, this is really cool. And then I fall off. But can you imagine if you live your life every day like that? Like I, Every morning I pray to Heavenly Father, hey, this is what I'm working on. This is the things I want to do. Freaking Steve in accounting was being a butt. And so I'm like upset with him. Help me to figure this out or whatever. And then during the day being open to that inspiration of how to handle Steve. And then at the end of the day, you're, you're, you're reporting to Heavenly Father. It's just, I don't know. It's easy to say, hard to do. But if you do it, I feel like there's tremendous growth there. It's interesting too the the kinds of promptings that'll come when we when we do those prayers. I had a a, a rough few days th- at the beginning of this week, and I was feeling uh, really anxious about a few things. And I had this prompting to do something with my day, and I'm like, no, like to to not do this thing that usually is something I do to like help myself relax. And I was like no, that can't be, you know, I have to do that thing because if I don't, then I'll just, I'll be so anxious all day long and I'll get nothing done. But I was like, you know what? I've been talking to Chris every week about doing these things. So I'm going to do it. And I did. And I got so much more. I got done. I got done yesterday more than I did the rest of the week. And it was just like, it was just incredible how having that real intent really, really helped my day-to-day so much yeah well walk me because i think that's that that's it that's that's the whole of everything is what you just described for me at least and i know other people receive revelation in different ways some people dreams or or memories or whatever but like for me that's what you described is exactly how it works for me like it's it's so like walk me through that How, how could you tell in the moment that that was a prompting and not just you, your, your inner, inner dialogue saying, ah, I should, this is just, I'm, I'm making it up type of thing. Cause that's what I struggle with. Yeah. So how it came up was, it was a thought that popped into my head that was like, you should do this today. There was no reason behind it. It was not something that I wanted to do. And I was like, it was something that I thought the thought came into my mind and I, and the thought was like, if you do that, it will help your day. And I just thought, okay, that has to be from God because I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, I don't know where that thought even com- came from. So it must be God trying to help me get through my day. And so I better do it now that I've recognized that. Uh huh. And that's and that's how it went. And I feel like that's that's how you know Christ. That's that's you being a faithful servant and doing what he told you to do. And you knew Christ a little bit better that day. And and in addition to that, and what we talked about a little bit before, I can't remember what episode, with uh, President Monson, um, where he was like, I want to be trusted by Heavenly Father that when those promptings come, and I need to find this talk because I keep paraphrasing him, but the gist was is that you're, you're trusted with more when he trusts you. So you acting on that yet the other day is now showing Heavenly Father and showing yourself, hey, I could be trusted with more. Use me more. I'm a better tool today than I was yesterday. That's awesome. That was a big thing too. Is like I was proud of myself 
for getting more done yesterday, but I was more proud of myself that I followed the prompting so that I was able to get more done. Yeah. And it's cool that it was also like, not an immediate, but like you could see the results of that at the end of the day. It's like, wow, this is, it's like an evidence of your faith, which isn't always there. You know what I mean? So that's, that's pretty cool. For me, it's also, it, it comes, it comes to me in like two different ways. Like it's either I'm doing something and then I have the prompting of like, hey, go do this. And I'm like, okay, I got to immediately go do that. And despite what happens and it's, and it, and it takes practice. And I think that's, that's what we were talking about earlier is that it's like a muscle is that like to, to be able to discern quickly, cause sometimes you got to do it quickly. What's the Holy ghost and what's you. And, and, you, and you, you clearly can do that now. And another way that I receive that is like in a conversation, kind of like, like a prayer in your heart where it's like, Hey, I, I don't know what to do here. Help me out. And then the answer will come. And I'm surprised how often the answer does come of like, hey, do this. And I'm like, okay, wow, cool. Yeah, I'll go do that. And it always works, like always. And I, and I can't empathize that enough is that when you do follow that, it always works out, which is like incredible. Something I came across in reading a lot is this part where we have to ask to receive answers. And I wonder if, I don't want to like interject in between your points too much, but I wonder if you have any, if you have any thoughts or if you read anything about that. Like praying for things, like asking. No, how we, how it's a, it's a precondition to ask for some blessings before we receive them. Like my question is, why would the Spirit, if we're praying by the the power of the Holy Ghost, why would the Spirit prompt us to ask? Oh, okay. I actually have a pretty good. Okay, go with me to Ether two. Okay, so Ether is is so the brother Jared um is going through, and this is like the Tower of Babel and. And he's cast out, and he's he's going through the wilderness, and and he doesn't pray for a while because they're 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 in a, like the promised land, and it's really easy. And he's like, okay, I'm not praying. And then and then God is is saying, hey, you need to be praying more, repent. And so he's, he repents, and then it leads into the story. And the reason I think about this story is exactly what you were talking about: is like, why is it important to ask at the Holy Ghost and the Holy? So the, specifically, the Holy Ghost will prompt you to do things, but why is it also important to ask? So God says, hey. You need to go across the ocean, build a boat. It's going to be really tight. I'm going to show you how to build it, build a boat. And so brother Jared goes back to him. And it came to pass that the brother Jared cried unto the Lord saying, Oh Lord, I have performed thy work, which thou hast com- uh, commanded me. And, I, and so this is an example of like the Holy Ghost, I'm assuming is talking to the brother Jared, because that's how it works for me and for a lot of other people. He's directed, I did it. And behold, O Lord, in, thy, in there, there is no light, whether shall we see or steer. And also we shall perish for in them. We cannot breathe. It is the air which is in them. Therefore we shall perish. And the Lord said unto the brother of Jared, behold, thou shalt make a hole in the top. And so he does that. He, he says, hey, I have a problem. The Lord says, here's, here's the answer. And the, he cried again unto the Lord saying, O Lord, behold, I have done the done even as thou hast commanded me. And I prepared the vessels for the, for my people. And behold, there is no light in them. Behold, O Lord, without suffer that we shall cross this great water in darkness. And the Lord said unto the brother of Jared, and this is important. What will ye, what will ye that I should do that ye may have light in the vessels? Up until this point, the Lord has been saying, Hey, repent. You need to pray to me. Hey, go build a boat. Hey, you need air. This is how you breathe. He brings up light again. And the Lord's like, what do you want me to do? And I think that's interesting. And he's like, what will ye that I should do that you may have light in your vessels? For behold, you cannot have windows for they shall be dashed in pieces. Neither shall ye take fire with you. Um, 
for you shall not go by the light of fire. And and just kind of like to preface this, this is this is right before the brother of Jared sees Christ. Is this story? This is this is touching stones. You are the first person to have faith enough to see me. Like an incredible story. So this is a foundation for a man who is has so much faith that he is the first person to live to see Christ in person. I look at Revelation like grace. The Lord expects us to do what we can, and then God interjects his will or his his influence in areas that we can't do it ourselves. So Brother Jared didn't know how to build a boat, and he didn't know to put holes in that boat. But it was within his capacity to make light. And so the Lord said, hey, he said, you let me know what to do because it was within the Brother Jared's capacity to do it. So the way that I look at prayer is that we, we ask for things so that we can receive the, the blessings, and that's one aspect of it. And then we also ask for things when it's beyond our ability to do it, where we need that revelation. The thought that came to my mind was being as a little child, because the brother of Jared is coming back to Heavenly Father like he's a little child, like, okay, what do I do next? And I wonder if the Holy Ghost will prompt us to ask for things and to ask questions and to give thanks just so we can recognize our progress, progress that we've made, things that he's given us. Maybe it just helps us continually go back to him and it not just be this roundabout, like, okay, what do I do next? Okay, what do I do next? What do I do next? It's actually, okay, now, not just what do I do next, but what am I capable of now? What have, what have I been given? That's a thought that came to me. So I think that's a great scripture and I'll probably read that again later. I think that's actually a super good point. I also think that it's like, it's like that scripture, like act not acted upon. The way we change is we let the Holy Ghost into our hearts. And I think that's the process of doing that. And and that's why what made me think about it in the first place with the brother of Jared is that he wasn't praying and then God said, hey, you need to pray. And this is what came of that. And so I think, yeah, it's interesting stuff. Good question. Dude, there's so much more that we haven't talked about. There's like the Lord's Prayer where he talks about how to pray. And then he there's like the question of why in the world do we play, pray in the name of Christ? You know, like what does that even mean? There, there's so much to talk about, but well, where do you want to go next? Well, so I was going to go so back to Nephi, 2 Nephi 32. So we talked about pray always. What does that mean? Um, and then perform anything unto the Lord, save it be first ye shall pray. And we talked about that. And then the last thing he talks about is pray under the Father in the name of the Christ that he will consecrate thy performance unto thee, that thy performance may be for the welfare of thy soul. And so that was like, I was like, what does that mean? And that's the thing that I've been like focusing the most on in all of this is, is like the way he says that, that he will, God, me meaning God, will consecrate thy performance unto thee and thy performance may be for the welfare of thy soul. And so I was like, so what are your thoughts? I guess is what I'm asking. My thoughts on that is like the whole reason why we pray is to align our will with his and to do to do his will and the more that we do his will the better off we will be the more like him we will become ultimately helping us receive what we want so that's what i think is that so he will consecrate our performance meaning the things that we do will be consecrated um the way that i read consecrated i don't really know the exact definition but the the way i've always read it is he he kind of takes our efforts and turns them into something that is actually good and beneficial because all good things come from god 
and we <laughs> we are dust. So if we do something, it's dust in the wind, but he can make dust in the wind move mountains. So that's that's how I think about it is we follow his promptings. He turns that obedience into blessings is how I read it. I think you're right. I think I think there's I think there's two aspects to this and I think because that's because that's what the law of consecration is is that like you're 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 giving your time and your talents and your means and and everything to God. And I think what he does with that is he he magnifies that and through grace and 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 through all those different things. Um and I think I think you're 100% right. And I think also the whole becoming like heavenly father and I say this every single episode. This is this is not not deep stuff, but this is this is like stuff I don't understand really well. And so it's if 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 what we're saying is like absolutely wrong, like it could be absolutely wrong. I have no idea. And so this is this is very new for me. And but I think you got it right. I think I think it's I think it's 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 that pattern of becoming like Heavenly Father. And I think he he takes that effort and he makes it more than we're able to make it. I think it's also what you were saying we're we're consecrating our efforts. That's the interesting thing is what, the way that he says it is I'm not consecrating my efforts. He's consecrating my efforts unto the welfare of my soul. And another one that I think about a lot is in April 2002 General Conference, Elder Maxwell. And I love Elder Maxwell. Elder Maxwell, he's very well-spoken. So you're gonna, you have to like, you got to bring a, a, a dictionary sometimes to his talks <laughs> and he, uh, and he understands things really deeply. And it's just at the very beginning. We tend to think of consecration only as yielding up when divinely directed our material possessions, but ultimately consecration is the yielding up of oneself to God. And so what you were talking about earlier, heart and soul and mind, where the encompassing words of Christ and describing the first commandment, which is really, I didn't even think about that till just now. The first great commandment is love God with all your heart, mind, mind, and soul, which is what we've been talking about is because it's not just like, oh, I love God more than me. It's like, I'm willing to do the will of God with everything inside of me. Such totality involves a submission, uh, submissive coverings of feelings, thoughts, words, and deeds. The very opposite of estrangement. for how knoweth the man, the master whom he has not served and who is a stranger unto him and is far from the thoughts and um, intents of his heart. Many ignore uh, consecration because it seems too abstract or too daunting. The conscientious among us, however, experience divine discontent because of the progression mixed with procrastination. Hence a loving, okay. Okay, this is the thing that I really loved. But by the incremental improvements and by the successive use of stepping stones stepping stones are the, are meant to be taken one at a time anywhere eventually our wills can be swallowed up in the will of father as we are willing to submit even as a child does submit to his father what are your thoughts there's a lot in here no i agree that sometimes we do think of consecration the way that a lot of us think of it that way and actually the thought that comes to my mind when i see consecration now and that consecration is yielding up oneself to god do you remember the old white handbook? There was like an introduction. And in the introduction, it says something like, you should dedicate all of your time and attention to serving the Lord. So anytime a missionary would bring up exact obedience with me, I would say, this is how you be exactly obedient, which I didn't know. I didn't know what that meant. I just didn't want to be in the 
the disobedient camp, you know, like, okay, if I'm disobedient, so are you because you don't <laughs> dedicate all your time and attention. But the more I learn, the more I think that, that that really is exact obedience. This giving all of yourself to God and anything deviating from that is disobedience. Yeah. That's rough stuff. That's like, that's hard to do. <laughs> that, yeah. that, that puts me in the camp of disobedient missionary. <laughs> yeah, I'm in that camp. We Maybe someday we'll uh, be able to graduate out of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you're 100% right. Like, it's it's almost daunting, you know, because we, we, we've been talking about it a lot. And, and I think it's incredible how, and it just might be like both of us on our like progression. This is like a precept upon precept moment that we're having together. But we, we, we've been talking about how to do this for like a month and a half now. Like, what does this look like and how do we do it? And it's daunting. Like, it's honestly, like, in theory, I'm like, oh, this is really cool and I'm really excited and let's do this every day. But then I look at this and I don't know if it's what you said or, 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 or what Elder Maxwell is saying, but it almost feels like too much for me. Like, it uh, almost makes me want to like crawl away and be like, I can't do this. Um, and it's, and he, and he talks about here is like the conscientious, conscientious among us, however, experience divine discontent because of progression mixed with procrastination. And I feel that right now of it's, it's really easy to say, maybe not easy to understand, but to do, I don't know. That's something that gives me hope though, is the part where he says, we do this by incremental improvements and by the successive use of stepping stones. So I think, I think <laughs> well, I hope maybe yeah. <laughs> that that if I were to die today, that Jesus would be able to say, you know, Heavenly Father, Josh, he didn't make it all the way, but he was on those stepping stones. He had both feet on one of them. And, and then I, I can take him the rest of the way. But since I'm not going to die today, it's my job to get to the next stepping stone and to get to the next one as as quickly as I can. And just like you said, probably the last episode, like not only is God blessing us with all these things, but he's given us a, a way to get there. And like these stepping stones were put there by God. All all that we have to do is is walk on them. So it's like, it's really hard. We talk about exact obedience and that's what we have to do. And that's the price that we have to pay to get back to our heavenly father. That's really hard. But what's easier is taking one step onto the next stepping stone. And that's really all that is asked of us. It's just as long as we do that enough times, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll make it to exact obedience. And maybe one day we'll be able to see the finger of, of Jesus touching the stones, you know? Yeah. That I was actually, that was really, really well said. Because I, I did genuinely in that moment when I read those words, I was like, holy crap this is impossible. This is so daunting. And this is so not where I'm at right now that I literally was like, my heart broke a little bit when I was reading this and what you were saying, like, of course that makes sense. You know what I mean? And it's like the, of course it's the step. It's like the foundation, it's the precept upon precept and it's the foundations that we're making. And it's like, and it's cool because like, as I think of the things that we do to do those steps, we, we become better people as we go along. You know what I mean? So it's not only am I just doing this to like go through the motions because you can't. It's physically impossible to go through the motions if you're doing this. It's you become better as you go along. 
So as you go step from step from step from step, you're becoming more like Christ and it's becoming easier. I don't know. That was well well said. That that brought a lot of that made that made me feel much better. <laughs> Something else that came up in my thoughts when I started realizing that this is actually what I need to be doing and where I need to be um, to receive eternal life is I started I started looking around at the people in church and thinking, who else knows this? Like who who knows this and who is oblivious to this? You know, I just look around and I'm like, man, I feel, I felt so alone. And I'm, I'm so glad that I have my mentor because I'm like, oh, cause he, cause I don't feel like, you know, I'm aiming beyond the mark. Cause I used to think that people talking about this sort of stuff, oh, they're just aiming beyond the mark. They don't know that, you know, they just, you just need to do the simple things and then, and you'll make it, which like really is true, but it's not beyond the mark. They're looking at the mark. And I've been so judgmental of them. And yeah, so I'm grateful that he was around to be like, no, you're, you're on the right path. And like the things that you're experiencing is the things talked about in the scriptures that are those steps to get to the things that you want. And so that was really comforting to me because I mean, we, we have been going on and on about how little we know, and this is like how far away we are. And it's because of stuff like this. But I think it's a blessing that we know how far we are because some people don't. So, like we literally months ago, we thought we were there already. And it's such a blessing to know that we're not like there's a bazillion more stepping stones in front of us so that we can start taking more steps, you know? Yeah. That's great. It's yeah. And like, and it makes me wonder if like those really good people you encounter in life, there's, there's like a handful of them that I've met that I'm like, wow, you got, you got it together. Like how much they, like I almost want to go back and be like, tell me the process. Like where did you go? Like how was this for you? And it's yeah, and it's I don't know. It's it's crazy stuff. I had another thought as you were talking. Um, oh, like I, I it's always like like Nephi or like in, or King Benjamin or the the people are talking like we are the dust of the earth, we are nothing. Like I. I was always like, you guys are really, really hard on your, you don't need to be this hard on yourselves. You're not, you're not dust. It's okay. (laughs) But like in that moment, and and I'm sure it's not the first moment for me, but like in that moment, as we were talking earlier, I was like, I am dust. Like I am nothing. And, and, and there's, and I want to be more. And I, and I, and I, and I see the way to be more. And I want to have that change. I feel like I'm like with King Benjamin. I'm like, I, I, I see this and I want this and I want that mighty change of heart. Please teach me how to do this so I can do it because I'm dust. I'm nothing. So it's just, I don't know. That's, that's. Dude, I, li- I literally have chills like listening to you talk about these things. That's awesome, dude. Congratulations. I mean, I don't know. But it's just, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just cool to see it like all, it's all connected and it's all, I'm like, I, I get, I, I think I understand them a little bit better now. But yeah, th- th- that, that was my thoughts. That's as far as I um, had planned. They're... Yeah, we'll keep on stepping. Let me, I, I want so badly, I don't know if I could make a whole episode out of this, but I want so badly to, um, talk to you about the Lord's prayer. Well, first I want to read Proverbs to you because I, I did not think I was going to get anything out of that scripture, but I read it and it just like, you know, when when you see Proverbs, you're like, okay, I'll read it. But, but I read it and I was like, oh, this is amazing. I love that so much. So let me pull it up. It says the Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayers of the righteous. This is Proverbs 15, verse uh, 29. Oh, yeah, thanks. So I read that and I was like, wow, he doesn't hear some prayers. He hears the prayers of the righteous. And it made me think 
there's another scripture that says, uh, you'll receive anything that you pray for if it be right, somewhere in the Book of Mormon. And I just thought, wow, your prayers can be wrong. That just blew my mind that your prayers could be wrong and you could be saying things that are not the will of God for you to say in your prayers. Which, like, I kind of knew. I kind of knew that already, but I, I feel like I just relearned it. But then another huge part of my learning experience, well, I think it'll become a huge part of my learning learning experience, is the Lord's Prayer. So in 3 Nephi 13, and this is in the New Testament as well, but 3 Nephi 13, it starts in 9. He says, After this manner, therefore, pray ye. So this is how you pray. Our Father who art in heaven. That's easy to understand. You address your heavenly Father. Hallowed be thy name. Okay. You lost me already, dude. <laughs> like, okay, the name of Heavenly Father is holy, but why are you telling God that his name is holy? Don't know, but we'll keep going. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, again, like this doesn't sound like our prayers. Why would you tell God that his... Or maybe you're saying you will do his will? Like I'm not exactly sure what he's saying there. And then he says, forgive us our debts... So that's kind of easy. We have debts with God. He's asking for forgiveness of them. As we forgive our debtors, it's like, okay, I know how we have debts to God, but how do other, who has debts to me? So I'm not sure. He may just be talking about people that do bad things to us. He, it may be that simple, but I'm not sure. I don't, I, I don't know for sure. I, I would guess that it's, hey, I, I, I did something to you or you did something. I think it's just forgiving each other. Is, is what I would imagine. I would imagine it's that. But again, like I was reading through this and I'm like, man, I'm really not sure. And my prayers don't sound like this. And in 12, he says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So that one's a pretty powerful one, but that, that's a little bit easier to understand. But also like, don't we need, like, I wonder if there's a difference between trials and temptation that he's asking to not be led into temptation but just to deliver us from the evil. Or I wonder if he's saying that because we don't have the ability on our own to overcome evil. I, I think there's, I think it's a hundred percent a different because like a, a trial could be like you lost your son and that's a trial and has nothing to do with your decisions, but a temptation could be, that's just putting off the natural man. That's I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to steal or, or to lust after things. And I don't, I think that's just growth. I think that's praying for that stepping stone. That makes sense. And then the, in 13, he says, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And so that last little bit, it's just like, why are you talking about the power of God to our Heavenly Father and that it's his? Like, I just read through this and I was like, wow. Jesus literally says, and it, this isn't the first time that Jesus has said this before. And it's not, and it's not just Jesus, you know, as a kid teaching in the temple. This is the risen, perfected Jesus speaking to a righteous people about how to pray. And I just thought, I don't understand any of this. And my prayers don't sound like this. And so I was just hoping that maybe one day the Spirit will reveal to me what he's trying to teach us in these verses and how I can pray like this. What other thoughts do you have about the Lord's Prayer? I think it's a really important scripture. I think it's a foundation of 
because people get it mixed up. Like the other churches will be like, this is, this is prayer. You say these, these words over and over again, and that's how you pray. He, he was obviously showing us a foundation of how we're supposed to pray. And, and I think, I think you do, I think your prayers do sound that way. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to bring up Elder Bednar's talk again. Um, And this is just October 2006, pray always Elder Bednar. Consider the example, and this is a little bit before that we were talking about, consider example that there may be things in our characters, in our behavior, or concerning our spiritual growth about which we need to counsel with counsel with Heavenly Father in morning prayer after expressing the appropriate thanks for blessings received. We plead for understanding, direction, and help to do the things that we cannot do on our own, or on our own strength alone. For example, we might pray, we might, we might pray, as we pray, we might reflect on the occasion that we had spoken harshly and appropriately to others that we love most, recognize that we know better than this, but we do not always act in accordance with what we know, express remorse for the weaknesses and for not putting off the natural man more earnestly, uh, determine to pattern our life after the Savior more completely, plead for greater strength to do and become better. Such a prayer is key part of spiritual preparation for our day. I think we've been taught how to pray as children. And I think we're taught on the foundation of the Lord's Prayer. And I think you've been praying like that way more than you think you might have. The, the words might not be the same, but the intent's still the same. It's like, Heavenly Father, so after this manner, therefore pray our Father who art thou in heaven. Heavenly Father, thy will be done as it is as in heaven. Help. And this is like what we're talking about is, 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 is that stepping stone of help me become more like you. Forgive me so that I can forgive others. Lead me not to tempt. Like I'm struggling with saying hurtful things to my wife or my son or my brother. Help me not to do that. So I think we have that every day. And I think that's, I think that's naturally how we pray. But I think there's more to be learned from this and like a pure way that we can do that. You know what I mean? I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. No, it does. That helps. I'll have to reread it again in that context but i don't know I, I read this and i was like i i think this is really important i need to i study this more but that's just what what came to mind was was kind of those thoughts yeah man what a great week it has been studying prayer do you have any thoughts on what you want to study next oh, i have no idea oh my gosh i don't either so we'll have to we'll have to ponder that this weekend maybe and come back 